This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at the Information Security and Media Group. We're talking today with Dixie Baker, Senior Vice President and Chief Technology Officer for the Health and Life Sciences Business at Science Applications International Corp., or SAIC. Dixie has played key roles in the federal government's efforts to set policies and standards for health data security. She's a member of the Health Information Technology Standards Committee. She chairs the Privacy and Security Workgroup of the Standards Committee, and she's a member of the Privacy and Security Workgroup of the HIT Policy Committee. Thanks for talking with us today, Dixie. As someone who's been at the forefront of efforts to set standards for healthcare data security, what's the one most important piece of advice you'd give to organizations preparing for compliance with all the new regulations? I would say um, recognize from the outset that adopting electronic health record technology, EHR technology, is not going to be simple, cheap, or painless, even with the ARA reimbursement. I think if people go into it thinking it's going to be easy because now they're going to get the reimbursement, um, they'll, they'll, they'll be disappointed. And I think that uh, they should also recognize that changing to EHRs may not save them time, especially initially. It might take more time initially. But what they're doing is investing in a long-term uh, benefit of making it easier for them to make, to keep patients healthy and safe and um, to make their businesses run more efficiently. So, so it's a, it's a longer term investment than just the uh, monetary investment that's reimbursed by ARA. What steps should hospitals take to prepare for complying with the new data breach notification rule, which will be enforced starting later in February? Well, first I think they should start by making sure they understand what a breach is. Um, if you've looked at the um, ARA legislation, you realize that it's not, uh, it's not simple to figure out exactly what a breach is. And so I think it's, it's really important that they have a, a firm grasp of what is meant by breach um, and that they translate that into language that they can communicate within the organization well so that everybody knows, you know, not the words in ARA, but have a basic understanding of what a breach is. I think then, once they understand what they're really looking for, um, they they should look for whether any information that's, that they currently have unsecured could be encrypted, because that is, um, you know, in, inform- that's one way of protecting against breaches is to just encrypt the information. Third, I think that they should then develop processes and governance for notifying individuals affected by breaches including breaches that are discovered and reporting by the business associates. And then finally, they need to train everybody on how to avoid breaches to begin with, how to recognize a a breach when they see it, and what to do if they suspect that a breach has occurred. Um, And that needs to include the business associates. Under the breach notification rule, organizations that encrypt patient data don't have to report breaches because the data is assumed to be unreadable. So would you advise hospitals to encrypt all data they transmit to others and data stored on portable devices as well? I would advise hospitals to encrypt all mobile devices that could be used to store or transmit PHI, uh, um, protected health information, or identifiable health information, really, and that are known to traverse exposed networks 
um, or even where the possibility of their traversing unsecured wireless or can't be ruled out. Um, you know, today, um, it used to be that if you saw a wire, you knew that, well, information can travel over that wire. Today, information travels through air, so we really have to think not only where we have wired networks, but also where cellular and mobile and you know, Wi-Fi transmissions could pick up information as well. What about information at rest, data stored in internal clinical databases? Many hospitals have yet to encrypt that data, citing the cost involved and concerns about performance issues. Is encrypting that data at rest practical? Well, encrypting information these days is much more practical than it, than it has been in the past when encryption did impose a significant performance hit. It really doesn't anymore. So I don't think that's, that's no longer a really big issue. Um, but for databases that are physically and electronically secured in data centers, I think it's a risk management decision that every organization needs to make for themselves. Um, in other words, I don't think there should be a mandate that all databases containing PHI should be encrypted. On December 30th, new proposed standards for certifying electronic health records were unveiled as part of the broader Medicare and Medicaid EHR incentive payment program. The criteria specifically require that certified EHR software must include encryption capability. Do most of these records applications already available on the market include the required form of encryption, or will most of the vendors involved have to add that capability or enhance their existing encryption offerings? What do you think? Well, for the most part, the standards and certification criteria that were adopted in the IFR are exactly those our committee recommended. Um, and we were very careful to recommend only those standards that we believed could be accommodated by the EHR industry by 2011. Uh, and we did take testimony from the public, including vendors. Um, we recommended that the Advanced Encryption Standard, or AES, be used as the encryption standard. And, and th that's AES is the NIST recommended standard for synchronous encryption. It's widely used today, um, and I believe it's very feasible and reasonable to require that. The EHR certification criteria proposal notes that those organizations that find encryption is, quote, not reasonable and appropriate in its environment, unquote, can comply with the HIPAA security rule if they implement an equivalent alternative measure. Is that language intended for smaller organizations, and what might such an alternative measure be? Well, this is a slight misunderstanding. The, the IFR says that an organization may elect to, uh, not to use encryption if they deem that it's not reasonable or appropriate for their environment. The IFR does not say that a vendor has the option not to provide the capability. The, uh, the, um, so in other words, the certification criterion is there and all products, um, that, that are submitted for certification must be able to encrypt and decrypt information. Um, this is a fundamental difference between certification and meaningful use. A product is certified to have a particular capability, like encryption, um, but a meaningful use measure speaks to what an organization that uses that product needs to do, in this case, whether, the, whether or not they need to encrypt information using that certified encryption capability. Having understood that uh, distinction, what does this language here mean when, it's, when it says 
an organization could choose an equivalent alternative measure? What what might some of those measures be? Well, that's that's a that's a term that's taken right from HIPAA. Um, it has it has it has that for a lot of the uh, well, all of the um, you know the HIPAA security rules has required implementation specifications and addressable in speci- uh, implementation specifications, and all of the addressable implementation specifications have that word, you know, equivalent alternative measures. So they have to, to address that implementation specification. They have to say, here's what I'm going to do instead. For example, you know, referring to an earlier question, if you have a, um, if you have a, a, a database that's in a physically and electronically secured data center, that's a, that could be an acceptable alternative to encrypting all the data on it. Uh, the certification criteria require EHRs offer some sort of access control mechanism, but does not specify a standard because it makes the point that new technologies are constantly emerging in this arena. What's the best access control mechanism available now, and what kinds of improvements do you expect to emerge in the months to come? Well, most EHR products today support role-based access control. And I think it's quite appropriate for most healthcare environments, even small practices, to use role-based access control. In other words, the receptionist has particular accesses, whereas the nurse has other accesses and the physician has different accesses. That's role-based access control. Um, The next improvement I expect to see in the access control arena is the ability to tag information with sensitivity labels, uh, probably using XML. I don't see that in the next months ahead. Some work is already being done in this arena, um, even by HL7. Um, but but I think that ultimately um, we'll we'll be using XML to tag to to put sensitivity labels on on information. Can you explain what you mean by a sensitivity label or level? Well, PHI or not PHI, for example whether it's uh, identifiable health information or not identifiable, whether it's mental health information or um, you might tag it if it's, if it's mental health information. You may even use XML tags to tag the, the, the um, individual's consents. Um, that, you know, there are more and more use of XML, and I, I think we'll be seeing more of that in the future as, um, you know, c- consent starts being captured with the information. Um, and as we start recognizing different uh, segmented types of information. The federal government on December 30th also issued proposed meaningful use criteria describing how hospitals and physicians can qualify for incentive payments for using electronic health records, as you were just mentioning. The proposal states that to qualify for Stage 1 payments, hospitals and physicians need to conduct or review a security risk analysis of the certified EHR technology itself. Can you explain a little bit about what organizations need to do to comply with that requirement? Well, they need to comply with HIPAA. The security rule, HIPAA security rule, already requires that organizations conduct an annual risk assessment. Um, but when they adopt the EHR technology, it does introduce new risks that they may not have they may not have um, uh, wouldn't have been present before they adopted the EHR technology. So they do need to do to incorporate into their annual risk assessment that they were already they were already required to do under HIPAA um, some of the risks that are associated with EHR technology. For example, if they do e-prescribing over the internet, you know that introduces new risks 
that, you know, handing the patient a paper, piece of paper with a prescription on it, don't, you know, the risks are not present in that kind of a scenario. And data loss and corruption, you know, those kind of kind of risks. So they, they need to do the risk assessment, incorporate new risks into the assessment, but the risk assessment itself is something they already were required to do under HIPAA. The Attorney General of Connecticut recently filed a civil suit against an insurer in the state for security violations. Uh, now that state attorneys general have this power under the High Tech Act, and the Federal Office of Civil Rights has enforcement power as well, and penalties are a lot tougher, do you think more organizations now will finally be ramping up their data security efforts? Absolutely. Congress recognized that the HIPAA security and privacy rules have not been strictly enforced. In fact, my understanding is that prior to ARA, no charges had been ever been brought for HIPAA violations. ARA, or the stimulus bill, strengthens both the enforcement and the penalties, and it also brings the business associates into direct regulation by Health and Human Services. So yes, I expect both covered entities and business associates to ramp up their efforts to assure compliance. Okay, thank you very much, Dixie. We've been talking with Dixie Baker of SAIC. This is Howard Anderson of the Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.